We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump picks. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Ciapala with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. We're here post-game for the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, 26-13, lost the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC wildcard game. Norm, what are your first thoughts? This sucks. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Uh, you know, turnovers cost us the game, and it is what it is. Uh, I'm proud of the Rams for making the playoffs, but uh, really... 
unhappy with how they performed today. It is, you know, something that we can't redo. So hopefully we can move on and grow from this next year and they can quit saying we don't have any playoff experience. Well, there's several thoughts that go through my head, not just about this game or even the pregame hype or nothing like that. Things are going way beyond that, just into football for next year and things like Sammy Watkins and what's going to happen with him. Will he come back? What's going to happen with the defensive line, what contract changes, so on and so forth. But if we're going to look right now at the immediate part of the game, what stands out is is the blueprint for being the Rams. And I think right now we know what it is. Get on the Rams early. If you can get a lead on the Rams, you put them in a position where they don't really know quite yet how to, how to react. You can get them down a little bit and they'll fight back, but you get them down double digits and, and they, they don't know what to do. And turnovers in that first quarter just, man, they weren't able to recover from it. They got close and they couldn't do it. Well, when you have, you know, turnovers and then another turnover, and then they get points off of both of those. That took the wind out of their sails right off the bat. I, I don't really blame it on any, anything but the turnovers. You know, if you look at the numbers from the game tonight, it's uh, <laughs> you would think the Rams won. Goff, I mean, Goff didn't have a bad game. He he didn't do anything real crazy stupid or anything. Just that the the Atlanta Falcons played extremely good defense. In my opinion, they're a better secondary and linebacking core than the Seattle Seahawks are. You know, when we had our guest on this week, he talked about the Falcons' defense being possibly the next Legion of Boom. And after watching the game tonight, I I tend to agree with him a little bit. Jared Goff went 24 for 45 for 259 in yardage and and a touchdown. Actually outperformed uh, Matt Ryan in yardage. Ryan had uh, 21 for 30 attempts, 218 yards, and a touchdown. So nothing glaring there. Gurley had 14 rushes for 101 yards. No touchdowns would be the big number. I mean, if you go through and look at the numbers, you would think the Rams probably were really close or won this game, but then you look at the turnovers and the points off turnovers, and that's where that's where it all came to an end. So, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking at... The fact that, you know, the season certainly didn't end like we want. And you, you gotta, you gotta take it for what it is. Uh, again, I'm proud that the Rams made the playoffs after so long of not making it. And, you know, obviously not happy with how they performed here, but happy to see that we have a team that we can build on and a future blueprint, like you said, but not a blueprint to beat them, but a blueprint of a team that if we just add, if we can keep our players and add a couple of new new ones in a couple spots, I think we've got a real good shot at going a long ways next year. It's one of those things where you have to take a step back and breathe a little bit. And folks, you know, usually you come on, you listen to our show and we have it all scripted out. We're going, we have a point by point thing we're going to do. We're not doing that tonight. There's no point. We, we, I don't think we can stay on point by point. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but there's some, there's some emotion here. Neither Norm or I had ever thought this was going to be an 11 and 5 year where we win the division and so on and so forth. And so bear with us a little bit. We're, we're going to, we're going to digest this just like you are. And, and, and Norm, one of the things that 
I saw on Twitter tonight, I'm covering Twitter for us, and there was a lot of heat on the Rams coaching staff and their play calling for this game. And I don't know that this is really one of those games where it was play calling. I think it was they got down, they didn't execute, and if there's anything you can argue on play calling, it's that they they weren't able to find a way early in the game to get the ball in Gurley's hands or in St. Watkins' hands or even in Robert Woods' hands early. You can, I mean, I was kind of yelling at the TV, and I figured you probably were too early on that they weren't running Todd Gurley enough in the beginning. You know, I understand they were down, but the, but it was field goals they were down by and not touchdowns. And I would have liked to have seen them run the football a little bit more and kind of establish that run. But then, you know, all of a sudden when they're down by two scores, then it's like, okay, now we now we don't really have a choice. We've got to come back. And they had all the momentum at the end of the first half and looked like, you know, this was going to become a pretty good game. But then Atlanta came out and did what they had to do. They held the Rams to two possessions and only one snap on the second possession in the third quarter. And generally, that's the Rams' best quarter of the year. So they did what they had to do to win. And they chewed up a lot of time and a, and a lot of clock and got the turnovers that they needed, and we didn't get any turnovers. So that's that's the story of the game. Of course, I'm you know I'm I'm heartbroken. I'm sad. I really wanted to see this team go deeper than the first round. I, I think they had the talent. I don't necessarily think you can say that it was playoff experience that cost them in this game, uh, except for maybe Farrell Cooper. Cooper looked like he was, he looked like a rookie tonight. He didn't look like he was, you know, all there. He, he didn't play anything like he has all season. But again, give the Falcons credit. They were trying to strip the ball all night. They were hitting him hard. He wasn't getting the returns he usually got. But, you know, I'm proud of Jared Goff. He, he went out and performed well tonight for first playoff and really his first full year of football. And that gives me confidence moving on in the future. Our offensive line play, all in all, was pretty good tonight. Gurley performed well when he had the opportunity. He made the best of it. Our defense played extremely well for most of the game. It, honestly, it was the turnovers, and, you know, those are hard to overcome. And, you know, I'm proud of them. I, I'm certainly unhappy that they lost, but, you know, I'm proud of them, and I look forward to next season and seeing them grow a little bit. Well, let's look a little bit first at that – those two turnovers. First one, Blake Cowness touches him. I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at the TV then. I can tell you that. I'm calling, you know, Peter, Peter, Peter. That's what we, we taught my kids when I was coaching football. You know, when you hear that, you get out of the way. This is the NFL. You get out of the way. Get out of the way. And that, that one blew my mind. The other fumble, you, you just have to do better. You got a hold on football, and he, you know, Farrell Cooper didn't do that. He wasn't himself. You're right. He played like a rookie tonight. I'm hoping that this doesn't affect him mentally in the future. We've seen a lot of players over the years where something bad like that happens and it wrecks their entire career. He's a young kid. He's a playmaker. He deserves to be a Pro Bowl. The Rams aren't really in the position they're in or they were in without him. Farrell Cooper is a big part of the reason why the Rams are 11 and 5. And it kind of blew my mind a little bit hearing some folks trashing the way they did. I understand you're a fan, you're emotional, I'm emotional. Don't don't forget what this person did to help you get where you are. And that's that's what he did. He helped us get there. He helped the Rams get to the playoffs. 
I'm hoping he can bounce back quickly and grow from the experience. You know, also to the Rams defense, you know, like you mentioned how well they played, it could have been a lot worse. What happened to that Rams defense that does not show up in that first quarter? They held a what's it four field goals in the game? One, two, three, four. Four field goals. I'm looking here. Yeah, four field goals in the game, and so and most of that was earlier on. What happens if the Rams give up touchdowns instead of field goals? They're, they're not in it in the fourth quarter. The Rams are still in this game in the fourth quarter. They just didn't finish the job. So, you know, and I think you're right that that third quarter drive really killed it. I think that third quarter drive, the Falcons did a great job taking advantage of the fact that Michael Brockers was out. Went right at that Rams defense. What else can you say? I Again, without the turnovers... You know, who knows if we would have scored. You know, the one turnover was was way deep uh, in our own territory, which allowed them to get the field goal easy. You know, if we hadn't had those turnovers, this game would have been close, if not, you know, a Rams win. So it all boiled down to that. I'm, I'm there were there were <laughs> you could you could nitpick every portion of this game if that's if that's how you want to be. Aaron Donald was held probably 10 times I saw that weren't called, and it was probably more than that. The mm-hmm. non-pass interference call in the end zone on, on Sammy Watkins at the end of the game, not that it would have mattered, you know, it, even if we would have got the touchdown, but that was a bad call. There were several calls that weren't made during the game. Uh, there were some things that were overturned that I don't think should have been overturned. I mean, you could go on and on and on and nitpick all the way through. That's not how I'm going to do this. I look at it as the Rams are outplayed today. If it wasn't for the two turnovers, they probably would have got a win today. They're a young team, which I'm tired of saying, but if you think about it, our starting receiver core wasn't on this team last year. Uh, Did you see Tavon Austin tonight? No. I didn't see him once. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on with this team and a lot of New people. I mean, Whitworth being a pro bowler that he is, uh, you know, he's new on our team. Our center's new on our team. There's a ton of new players. It's not an excuse, but we are young, and we have a lot of veteran experience and some guys that we brought in that we may not have for too long. So there's a window here for the Rams for the next two, three years that they need to try to put something together and make a real hard run at the Super Bowl. But none of us expected them to get this far this year. Maybe Johnny, you know, had high hopes and, and, and got lucky with his call, but you know, I figured they'd—I I thought they'd get ten wins, and I didn't know if they'd make the playoffs or not. But they did, and I'm thrilled that they did. I'm sorry that they lost, and I'm heartbroken that they lost. But I'm going to move on and start thinking about the off season and what we can do to improve, and and not dwell on it too long. They got beat today by a team that outplayed them. It, that's that's all it is. Well, that's really it. You, you nailed it. It's they got outplayed. There's no other way around it. It's just, it, you know, what it reminds me of. I mentioned it on Twitter as well. You see, I'm, I'm going to send your brain way back and see if you remember this. The 1992 Dallas Cowboys. This is the year before they went on and began their, their run. They played, they played Detroit in the playoffs. Detroit hammered them pretty good. A young team like that, young talent, young playmakers. Next year out, they go to the Super Bowl. They win 
You know, they, they beat Buffalo up a couple times and so on and so forth. And that's what it feels like to me. I'm not saying the Rams are going to go off and win the Super Bowl next year, but it has that same feel to me because I can identify with that. It's a young team, young quarterback, young, young running back, young receiving core, young tight ends. All the playmakers offensively are younger. You have some young guys on defense as well. And that's what the Cowboys were. And if the Rams can build like the Cowboys did, we're looking at a team, like you said, that's going to be good for, you know, two, three more years, just depending on how they, they run this team. I can't help but think that this is just the beginning. The scary part is next year's schedule is even tougher than this year's is, and, and the Rams, you know, have to get better than they were this year to be able to compete, but they're on that path. I don't really see this as a problem. I see it as a, it's a blessing. Numerous things happened this year that, we didn't expect to happen. I didn't expect you guys talk about ten wins, eleven wins. I, I had this team going six and ten, seven and nine. I, I I expected growth, but not growth like this. So I'm happy. Oh, they win a division. They win the division for the first time since 2003. They make the playoffs for the first time since 2004. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not heartbroken. I'm pleased. I. They didn't reach the expectations of a third seed. Sure. I don't want to let them off the hook, but it's a building block. And I can go into this offseason happy that, A, we're not looking for a new head coach this year, and, B, we can look at the draft and say, you know what, we're building on something instead of building as in rebuilding. That's the first time in a long time we've been able to think like that. Yeah, I, I could have been another 6-10 and 10 year like you predicted, and we could all be – you know, watching the playoffs and wishing our team was better. But they actually made it this year. They had moments where they looked like they could be a Super Super Bowl contender, and then they had moments where they looked like the old team. And we've got a young head coach that's a rookie himself that's learned a lot this year and at times has looked like a genius and at other times has looked like a rookie. Uh, we've got Wade Phillips in here. He's only been here a year with a new defense. You know, I'm sure they're going to draft some guys and bring some guys in that are going to fit his scheme a little better. And you know Wade Phillips is going to get this team uh, in better shape next year. So there's nothing but positive to come out of, you know, the season. The loss is disappointing today, sure, and it's heartbreaking. But the season overall, the Rams made the playoffs for the first time since 2004. Yeah, 2004. <clears throat> they're... They're a good team. They're fun to watch. They're exciting to watch. It's the first time in a long time that I really enjoyed watching a lot of Rams football and watching a lot of film because there were a lot of good things to see. I mean, think about it. You and I spent tons of time last year breaking down film, and it was horrible. You just sit there and you watch it, and it just depresses the hell out of you because you're watching all this crap on TV, and you're like, God, we really suck. We shouldn't be this bad, but we really suck. And this year we're breaking down film, and we're going, Holy cow, how did he make that catch? And oh, look at that screenplay, third and 33. Holy crap. You know, there's a lot of good things when you break down film and you really look at this team. So for all the guys that are going to hate and all, all the fans that are going to hate on this game and hate on this team, you're, you're, you're fair weather fans then because the Rams have sucked for a long time and we've stuck with them. And this year they had a good year. They made the playoffs. Sure, they lost. But I'll take that any day over the last 13 years of football we've had from the Rams. 
There was something idiotic that I saw on Twitter during the game. It, was, it wasn't even halftime yet. And I saw comments from Twitter saying how the Rams are blowing an opportunity to impress L.A. and win over L.A. And I'm sitting there thinking, what, in love in five year? Winning a division title isn't enough. Hosting a playoff game in their second year here isn't enough. Are you serious? And so you can't please everybody. You're not going to please everybody. But, what, 74,000 plus showed up for this game today? The city was lit up in blue. What isn't, why be disappointed to the point of just being bitter or, or why? This team overachieved for what many of us expected. I don't see the point in that. There are things to build on. There are things to work on. The Falcons followed a, blue, a blueprint that many other teams had on how to beat the Rams. Get them down early, run at you. I mean, those are all things we knew are the ways to beat the Rams. You know, work the short, intermediate passing game. You don't need to have a long game. They, they, that's what they did. That's what they beat the Rams. And four turnovers early. Get the Rams behind. They knew the Rams almost always start slow. So get them behind. This isn't new. This is not like Atlanta magically figured out how to beat the Rams. The blueprint's been there all year. They they got them down. They followed a game plan. They took they took advantage of Rockers being hurt. They got the win. It, how now? How the Rams respond to that is grow. You grow. But they met my expectations. Oh, they and, far they far exceeded mine, and probably yeah. probably. You know, the Ram fans that have been around since, you know, 20 years and 15 years and have stuck with the team through the good and the bad, you've got to be happy with the year. Uh, you know, if the Lakers were to to make it the playoffs and lose in the first round, you know, sure, people are going to be disappointed, but they're not going to be hating on them, especially with the kind of year that they, they had this year. Next year, they come back and make the playoffs and lose in the first round. No one's going to really be hating on them. They're just going to be disappointed that they lost in the playoffs, but happy that they made it. That's the same thing the Rams did this year. I mean, think about it. How many teams get a new coach for the first year and come out and win, you know, win 11 games in a season and make the playoffs? It doesn't happen very often. No, no it doesn't happen very often at all. And a young coach who made rookie mistakes, he's going to get better too. He's going to get, he's going to improve his game. He'll become better. Jared Goff, he's going to be a better quarterback. One of the things I, I mentioned during the game was right now he has a tendency to throw behind receivers. He does not anticipate receivers crossing well on routes. He, he, what, you don't think he won't get better with that? Of course he will. This is a young guy who showed us tonight poise. People have picked on him all year about his poise in, in the pass rush. I thought he did great tonight, didn't you? Yeah, no. Like I said, you look at the numbers. I mean, his completion percentage was the only thing that wasn't as good as Matt Ryan's. But he moved around in the pocket well. He didn't bail on plays. His eyes weren't going everywhere when he was getting, you know, there was a pass rush coming in. He was actually watching downfield. You could see it on his face. He was concentrating. He was making throws. That one throw that he made, I think it was to Woods where he threaded it in there on a third down. Oh, my that, gosh. That was, what a throw. That was crazy. So he's done nothing but show us that, you know, he's grown a ton. And, you know, think about it. 
that that defense, as well as they played and as well as those receivers were covered, he didn't throw an interception. He didn't fumble the ball like he's been prone to do the last, you know, three, four weeks. All in all, he performed extremely well in the playoffs for his first time being there. And, and you know, this team's going to look a little bit different next year on the coaching staff, too, because it's been rumored that Greg Olson's probably going to be the new offensive coordinator for the Raiders with John Gruden. That was announced tonight that Gruden's um, for sure taking the job with the Raiders. So don't be surprised if Greg Olson heads out uh, with the Raiders, and that'll give a new quarterback's coach for the Rams next year, too. Well, you know what? It's, whoever the Rams bring in is going to be fine. They're going to find the right guy. That's what they Sean face proven is he will bring in the right coach to help his, his players out. I'm not worried about that. Now, if Jeff Fisher's the coach for a new quarterback coach, and well then, uh, I just go take a grave somewhere and crawl in it. But I'm not worried about Greg Olson leading. Good luck to him. I hope he does well up there in Oakland. Not no. too well because they're playing next year. <laughs> well, and he deserves it. You know, he's, he sure does. he's a longtime coach in the league and very qualified. And if he gets the job with them, absolutely congratulations. Now, one question that did come up multiple times during the game is the Rams resting the starters. And I think there's some merit to the question, but it's almost like you're playing armchair quarterback. Where do you stand on this? Yeah, that thought kind of came through my head a little bit, too, during the game. I kind of thought, you know, maybe if they haven't rested, if they hadn't rested all the starters, Maybe if they would have maybe just rested like Barron and Whitworth and Sullivan and maybe Aaron Donald uh, last week, maybe they would have been a little more ready to play. But really the person that cost us the game, and I'm not putting blame on him, but the person who really cost us the game tonight was Farrell Cooper. Cooper played last week. It wasn't like he wasn't, you know, game ready. It, it just things happen, you know that that ball coming down on the punt and hitting hitting him, you know hitting the I can't remember who, but hitting him in the foot and then coming up and bouncing off of him. He that place was loud. That place was packed. Who knows if you could hear him yelling Peter Peter or whatever. It 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 was one of those plays that you really can't control. Now the second fumble, yeah, that's on him. And without those two plays, uh, I think we'd be having a different conversation tonight. So. You know, hats off to the Falcons. They played well. They did enough to beat us. And you know, I'm not, I'm not looking at this and going, man, the Rams really played like crap and they deserve to lose. It was a close enough game that without those turnovers, they could have had the win. So, all right, real quick before we move on, let's go ahead and give a shout out to Sal Martinez over the Golden Ram Barbershop, folks. Sal has been our sponsor all year. He He's with us again for next year. We're proud for him to uh, proud to, to represent him and for him to represent us. And go go get a haircut with him. One three seven five five Golden West Street of Westminster, California, at the Golden Ram Barbershop. His hours Monday through Friday, eight a.m. to six p.m. Saturday, seven a.m. to four p.m. He's closed on Sundays. Give him a call at seven one four eight nine four Rams at seven one four eight nine four Rams at seven two six seven. His shop opened up on the day the Rams left for St. Louis, kept the lights on, kept cheering on the Rams, no matter where they were, no matter what they were doing. His shop is a museum to Rams memorabilia. Go in there and get the real barbershop experience. That's something that Norman and I got when we visited him. Is this real deal 
barbershop experience. Talk about what the Rams are going to do in the offseason. Talk about who they're going to draft. Talk about their history. Sal's ready for all of it. Again, 714-894-7267. And if by chance you are interested in sponsoring us this year, give us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Again, that's ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Norm, one thing about this game that really kind of bothered me, though, and maybe it's just me being nitpicky, is it really seemed to me is that the Rams, they lacked kind of the killer instinct here. They felt flat. I'm not saying they were flat, and maybe it's just emotion, but at, there was no point in this game where I really felt like the Rams are going to come back. Like, there was no way they could lose this game. Like, Jared Goff is never going to let this team lose. Or Todd Gurley's going to let the team lose, or so on and so forth. Is that really just an emotional feeling, or is it one of those cases where it's something that Rams have to grow into? Well, I, I think, you know, we've all been so disappointed for so many years. You know, I told my girlfriend before the game that, it was hard for me not to feel pessimistic before the start because, you know, of all the of all the damage and all the heartbreak and all the disappointment we've had for so many years. And, you know, then we had the early turnovers and that that took the I'll tell you, it took the wind out of my sails, so I'm sure it took the wind out of theirs a little bit too. But you know, look at the way the defense performed after those turnovers, holding them to a field goal and and there were some moments there where they looked really fired up. But I, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, crediting the Atlanta Falcons secondary and linebacking core. And and that's where I think, you know, I love Alec Ogletree. I just don't think he's a middle linebacker. And, you know, people are going to hate on me and probably send me nasty Twitter messages for saying that. But look at the linebacking core for the Falcons. You know, much bigger guys, sure tackles. You know, they, they're strong enough and big enough to, to make the stops when they need to happen. Barron's a hard-hitting guy, but and he's fast, but he doesn't always make sure tackles. And Ogletree missed several tackles. And there were a couple of times where he looked like he lacked the, the, the drive to really go in there and tackle. I saw him go in there and just throw a shoulder a couple of times. And you know, I'm not hating on the guy, but I just don't think he's what we need for the Wade Phillips defense at middle linebacker. I think... We need to start looking at getting some bigger, stronger linebackers that can can really hold their own in the back. And that's where I see our defensive lack, and that's where I think, you know, we've been hurt in the running game this year. Sure, they're fast guys, but they don't always make the tackles where these bigger guys can shed blocks a little bit better and, and seem to tackle better. So, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to the draft and the off season this year. The fact that, you know, we have a new stadium being built, the fact that we were 11-5 and this year, that we made the playoffs, is going to be a lot more attractive to free agents this year. You know, with Sean McVay running the the show there, I'm I'm much more confident with him and Les Snead together in the draft than I was with Jeff Fisher. Although Fisher did draft fairly well, I think McVay is going to do Some positions. Some positions. Sure. Well, I mean, he brought in Aaron Donald and, you know, and sure, the ownership may have had some say so, if you know, like I've heard he didn't want Jared Goff, but I, I really think that this year the Rams have a good opportunity with the coaching staff they have, and and the newness of everything, and being 
you know, being a winning team and, and making the playoffs, I really think that we have a chance to really land some quality players next year. And that's, that's where I'm trying, you know, that's what I'm trying to already look towards. You know, the loss sucks. It's heartbreaking, but I'm trying to move past that. And I'm already, I already have the wheels turning on what can happen next year. I haven't broken down the film on the game yet. I don't even know if I'm really going to break down the film. I don't know that I want to. Uh, but I think I will, and I think I'm going to concentrate on the linebacking, uh, our, our linebackers, to see, you know, if that really was where our weakness was today. But, you know, when Atlanta had that third-quarter drive and just stuffed it right down our throats, you know, Brockers being out hurt. But, you know, the guys that come in and have subbed for Brockers played extremely well. So I, I really think it's due to our linebackers, and I, I'm gonna, I might watch the film on that. But otherwise, I'm already focused on, okay, what are we going to do this offseason? Well, I don't think it's just just the defensive line and linebacker. I think, you know, who, who the team was already missing, Matt Longinger was a big part of the Rams' rotation. He was out for this game. So you lose Brockers, and you lose Longinger. He's already out. And, you know, let's just be honest, the Rams – do stuff the Falcons on that drive if Alec Ogletree makes the tackle. Yep. Yeah, so we we might not even be having that conversation right now if he makes a tackle. That 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 tackle itself changes the entire game. It changes the entire flow of the game. I don't I don't know that the Rams have too much to fix, but I agree with you. The middle linebacker position, Ogletree belongs on the outside. He's always belonged on the outside. And, and now you got to find the old linebacker in the case. And the Rams are limited. They don't have a second-round pick this year. So they have to be very strategic. What do you do with Sammy Watkins? What do you do with Robert Quinn? His contract right now is just too big for his performance. What do you do about Tavon Austin? Do you trade him? You, you can't really trade him because his contract's too big. Take dead money? What do you do? What are you going to do with... Gee, who else? We can, we can talk about here. Aaron, Aaron Donald. <laughs> Aaron Donald's a big one. LaMarcus Joyner. How do you let LaMarcus Joyner go? He's developed one of the league's best safeties. You can't let him go now. You need him. No, what about I, Tremaine Johnson? Yeah, Tremaine, he's, he did fairly well tonight, but he also got beaten really bad a couple times tonight. So, you know, is he a number one corner? Uh, that's questionable. Is he a number two? Sure. Uh, is he worth $17 million a year? No. No, he's not. So there, there is a lot of stuff that has to be figured out this off season. But the fact that Tavon Austin wasn't inactive and didn't play, and I didn't even see him in one snap tonight. What, what's that saying? That says you're done, man. I got no use for you. What that tells me, they, in the biggest game of the year, you didn't have one play for him. Yeah, I think it tells me he's done. Sammy Watkins, what do you do with him? Watkins. What I my issues with Watkins this year, and again, I still have not done my film project on him, and I'm hoping when I go back and look at the film on Watkins, I hope I'm proven wrong. I really do. I we have a couple followers. Bill's Reality is one of those Twitter followers who loves Sammy Watkins and talks about how elite he is, and I I believe I'm a big Watkins guy. You remember how big I was on Watkins in the draft and everything? But I had the Rams drafting him in the mock draft. Oh yeah. It, well, yeah, and but that deep ball tonight, that that ball was there for him. There, he Jared Goff put that ball only where Watkins can get it. Right there, you have to get there. You have to fight for that football. And that's been my biggest complaint overall. Watkins as a Ram has not fought for the ball. 
as well as I thought he should have. Early in the year, we knew the offense. I can let it go. Early, that was my big complaint early was that he wasn't, he wasn't running routes straight through, but maybe I'll give the man of the doubt. Maybe he didn't know the routes uh, in correlation with what Goff was, was doing. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So I need to go back and look at that film. And then I also, you know, before I can fairly question Watkins, what do you do? If you're the Rams, he's the closest thing that they've had to a number one receiver in years. But he didn't put the numbers of a number one this year. So what do you do? Well, you let him go. Do you do we, what we talked about before? Do you go ahead and franchise him and, and on a one year prove it deal or what? Well, and and has Woods proven himself enough to maybe be a number one? You're paying him like a number one. You know, has he proved himself to maybe be a number one? You know, he had over a hundred yards in today's game. Uh, he was a big reason that we had any shot of staying in it. Sammy Watkins really didn't do much of anything, and I, you know, I, I don't know. Sammy Watkins had one catch for 23 yards. Robert Woods had nine receptions for 142 yards. So as I mean, he, you look at look at Woods' contract, though. I don't, I don't think he's being paid like a number one, though. Well, he's, be, he's. We all thought he was being overpaid when we signed him. So yeah. my my point is is he's getting more more money than than maybe a typical number two would. So he's kind of in between number one and number two money. So is he good enough to be our number one? Cooper Cups obviously proved himself to be. You know he 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 had eight catches for sixty nine yards and a touchdown tonight. He's proven himself to be a, at least a number two. So can we let Watkins go if we can't sign him for enough money and get that third draft pick back? You know, not the second. Oh, yeah. We we get a third. Yeah, Colin, straight a third. Yeah, Woods is signed for five years at thirty nine mil, so almost eight million a year. That's that's about a number. That's uh, that's about a number two receiver. What what they get now, not number one. Uh, you know, but part of me says, well, Watkins even want to come back because Watkins didn't get the number. I know he he said all the right things, but will they will they will he want to come back? And I I have to think I have to hope that. You know, I would hope he'd want to come back. I hope the Rams would want to would want to see what it's like having him in full offset off season in the Rams offense and having a full training camp and a full mini camp and all that, and then see what they can do with Goff being a year older, with Goff being a more you know more mature, and also with growth overall in the offense. But again, I'm thinking in that respect of Sammy Watkins in terms of potential. Well, Woods had, he played in 13 games, not counting today's playoff game. He played in 13 games, had 56 catches for 781 yards, a 13.9 average, and five touchdowns. You know, are those number one numbers? Not, not really. But he certainly has been our best receiver this year. And I, I just, as much as I like Sammy Watkins, I just can't see paying him big dollars. I don't think, there were times today where they should have doubled Sammy Watkins, but they didn't see him as big enough as a threat to double him. And that's kind of telling me that maybe we should be looking somewhere else. Well, the argument, though, we're going to get, and this is the argument I, I see all the time, 
is that Sammy Watkins is drawing those double teams and Sammy Watkins is the, you know, the player who will allow Robert Woods and Cooper Cup to eat basically. And I, I guess there's some reason to think that, but to me, what sticks in the back of my head, and again, I'm going to go back and watch the film, but what sticks in the back of my head is that elite receivers always find a way to get a little something-something. Julio Jones tonight, for a great example, and he's the one I bring up. Julio Jones, he still got his. Yeah, that that long ball that, that Watkins didn't really make much of an effort to catch, I think Jones would have caught that if he had the if he had the defensive back beaten by that far. So I agree. I totally agree with what you're saying. And I and tonight there Watkins didn't do enough. The only time they double teamed Watkins tonight that I saw was when he was close to the end, you know, in the red zone. Uh, otherwise, I didn't really see any double teams on him. And so I don't really think that argument's got much validity right now. I've said over and over again, though, I'm going to watch all the film. And part of it's in my own, my own pride here because I've been a Sammy Watkins guy for a long time. I remember what he did at Ohio State. And you know how much I love Ohio State. I remember what he did in the bowl game against him. I remember wanting him to be a Ram, that number two pick, I said, Greg Robinson. I have long desired Sammy Watkins to be a Ram. And I need to prove to myself that I'm wrong or that I'm right in this situation. And so I will watch that film because if he can't be that number one guy, the Rams can't let him go. It's been 10 years since the Rams have had that full number one receiver. You just can't let him walk if you have him in your hands. The free agent class this year is not that good. Well, I you think, gotta go get your, go get him if you, if you need him. I think you do try to re-sign him, but I just don't think you pay him the big money that he's probably going to want. And that's where I don't know if they'll be able to keep him or not. But something else to ponder on, how long has it been since Buffalo made the playoffs? If Sammy Watkins was that good of a player, don't you think they would have re-signed him? But yet they let him go and made the playoffs this year. Well, there's more behind the Bills, though. Re- quarterbacks and... I know, but still. I mean... <sighs> I wouldn't go down. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go that far. The Bills had their own issues in a long time. They weren't patient with coaches. Hired the wrong guys. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I, w- I wouldn't want to go there with that. I, I. I do. I think that's where they let him go awful easy. And you know, there was there was some reasoning behind that. Did they not want to pay him the money that he wanted? Did they not think he was worth it? I think there's some validity to that too. I'm not saying that's the whole reason, but you know. He's played for the Bills, and they haven't made the playoffs, and now all of a sudden they do without him. We made the playoffs, and he's on our team, so sure, that's great. But how much did he really – I mean, he probably caught more red zone and touchdown catches this year than any other player on our team. But, you know, would somebody somebody else in that position done as well? It's hard to say. I'm a huge Sammy Watkins fan. I have been, wanted him to draft him just like you. But I, I just – there's something that's saying to me, you know, he's not worth, you know, $15 million a year. He's not worth franchise tagging next year. But then there's the other point that you make, you know, and that is he is a number one receiver. He's got the speed, and it's nice to have one on the team. 
So it's really it's a really tough call. It really is. It's a tough call. And the easiest way around that is if you know if you can franchise them. The only way they can really franchise them though is if they cross their their T's and dot their I's everywhere else. And then you can take the risk on franchising for a year. And and you know that's when you can say, you know what, hey, earn this. We'll pay you big money. We'll put faith in you. We'll we'll pay you long term. Earn it. But they, everything else has, has to be taken care of in order for them to do that. And there are a lot of money issues the Rams have to solve right now. They have $51 million in open salary cap space for this off season. It's there. But that's with all the different things they need to do with people's contracts. So it looks like they have a lot of money, but they really don't. They have flexibility but they have to use it wisely. I don't know that they can take that risk or not. With Sammy Watkins, I almost feel like you have to. I almost feel like you have to. But they better fix everything else on that roster the way as, as best they can anyways if they're going to take that leap. Yeah, if you don't re-sign Aaron Donald, if you don't, you know, if you lose some of those key players like that, and then lose Watkins as well, you're in trouble. So I agree, and there's going to have to be some restructuring done next year. They're going to have to, you know, figure out what they're going to do with Tavon Austin. And, you know, if they're going to keep him, they need to restructure big time. And he's he's got to be understanding what the year he had this year. And if he's not understanding and wants to keep that money, I think the Rams let him go. I don't think they can trade him and get anything for him. So... You know, I see him cutting him and getting, getting, you know, paying the dead money. So there's a lot, there's a lot involved. I would not want to be the contract negotiator for the Rams next year. Well, to get Donald signed, you can't let Lamarcus Joyner go. You, you have to get those two in camp next year. You don't want those guys go. Those are your first two priors in my, in my view. You, you lose Joyner. That's a, he, man, that guy was a killer this year for that, that guy in that secondary. He made it possible for, that front line to eat like they did. So, you know what? And vice versa. They worked off each other so well. And actually, we're getting to things now that I didn't want us to get into. I, I wanted to just break down this game and talk about the game and, and then start doing post-mortem on the season and looking to next year. Later on this week, we're going to have a couple guests on to talk about that stuff. Instead, guess what? <laughs> we did a little bit of a jump into that this week. So, I guess going back to the game now, what can we take from this game overall for the future, though? Well, we didn't lose 47 to whatever, nothing, like we did last year to them. We've obviously improved. I think Atlanta's offense has declined a little bit, but their defense is way better than it was last year. So we played them tough. We played you know, the NFC champs from last year extremely tough in the game. And, you know, I take it as the Rams are finally, they're finally, they've finally arrived and they should be respected from now on. And that's probably all I've really wanted as a Rams fan is, you know, I'm tired of, oh, you're a Lambs fan. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good, good luck getting six wins this year. You know, how about your coach mustache? How's he doing? You know, I was sick of all that stuff. Now it's like, yo, we were 11 and five last year. Kiss my rear end. You know, so I feel better. I can see the positive directions this team's going. 
you got a new stadium coming in, you know, two, three years. you got a head coach that's obviously far improved than what we've had in a very long time. Uh, you've got strong young players on the team and some guys that are becoming veterans that are starting to get paid that we want to keep around, you know, not let them go, but actually keep them. So there's a lot of positives to take away from losing. Uh, it's hard because we all, I mean, sure, I wanted the Rams to go to the Super Bowl and win it all this year. And it's heartbreaking that they lost today. But I, I left the game thinking, you know what, we're all right. We, we've done enough this year to, to be respected and move on to next year. The, the scary thing for next year, though, is that that schedule next year is a gauntlet. It is a major gauntlet. It's, it's, they're going to have to get better. Well, I think the it, schedule forces them to get better, and I'm actually, they have to. I'm actually glad that they have a tough schedule next year because I don't want it to be easy for them. I don't want them to go, you know, nine and nine and seven and make the playoffs as a wild card, or go ten and and six and make it as division champs, and and not be playoff ready. And that schedule next year, if they go through and they actually perform that well, they're playoff ready. Brutal. And also, just not to be a boo-hooer here, but the Rams did fairly well in injuries this year. It's no guarantee for next year, so the depth has to also improve next year. There's a lot of room to improve on this year. I think I think at least they have the right people in place to do that. Yeah, I agree. All right, it's getting late, folks. We've had an emotional night. Before we go, please do us a solid and head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. We're still running that contest. Five stars. Give us a nice, beautiful review. Send us a little message. Let us know who you are. And you'll be entered to win a $50 gift certificate to NFLshop.com. Also, you can check us out in Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah, SoundCloud. Don't forget SoundCloud. Check us out in any of those places. We're going to keep coming at you this offseason with all kinds of podcasts. We're going to tour the league, talk to different teams and what they're doing. We're going to look at the draft. We're going to break down for agency. We're here. We're good, folks. We're here for keeps. Norm, any final thoughts? Yeah, just, you know, for those of us that have been Rams fans for multiple, multiple decades, uh, hold your head up. Be proud that the team came back and and you know, showed that they're far improved and uh, be happy that they have a future. For me, the um, I can't tell you how many years I've been uh, been harassed or, you know, had lots of trash talk my way for wearing Rams gear. Well, now I can. I can wear all my Rams colors and know that uh, I can hold my head a little higher. I went to the grocery store today in Minnesota wearing my NFC champs hat, well, NFC West champs hat and NFC West champs shirt. So come on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm starting to say, you know, it's been hard for 14 years now to, to wear Rams gear out because you get trashed, man. You get tired of hearing a lot of trash. You mentioned it earlier. Well, I got all my Rams jerseys. I got my hats. I've got I, my my mom got me a tie, a Rams tie, and wear that sucker to work on Monday. And you know what? I'm cool with that. I'm proud of that. I've been proud of big Rams fan, but now there's a reason to have that pride and show it and know that, you know what, when someone talks trash to me, I can say, hey, what were your team doing this year? And odds are good, 
that are pretty good. Their team didn't do as well, you know. So I can look back on this year and go, it was a tough end tonight, but it's just the beginning of a good ride. There you go. Welcome to you know, welcome to L.A. Welcome back to L.A. Back to the years of hopefully playoff football and remembering what this team has been good at. What well, was good at? This is a team that has a legacy. A legacy in the, in the 50s, the fearsome foursome. Then you have the 70s, all those great teams. Eric Dickerson in the 80s. Where do you? There is still a legacy here, and we're we're seeing that franchise go back to that. I can be proud of that. Sure, I can be proud of that. I agree. All right. So I think after all the we're falling apart here at the end. So we're ahead and close this sucker out. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Paul, the managing editor over here at Rams Talk. We'll see you midweek. Adios. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.